0: A teenage son asked his dad a question that took him back and took the father back by surprise. They were kicking a soccer ball on a Florida winter morning. It was about 89 degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> They're kicking the ball back and forth. And the dad, if you're a dad in the room, you can relate to this, but the dad was, is used to the normal questions from his teenager. Dad, can I borrow... 20 bucks. You know, they never borrow it, right? What's up with that? They just need to, can I have, can I have $20? Can, can I borrow the car, right? Can I, can I date her, you know, like, or whatever? Can I, can I go hang out there? Can we, can we go over here? Can I spend the night there? But this was a different question. And it is the dream of every dad about what happens next in this moment. Because this teenager, Get this, this is crazy. He wanted advice. <laughs> all the teenagers in the room, you can actually ask for advice and all the parents said a good amen. amen. It'll help you, I promise. So get this, dads. He, he, he wanted unsolicited, no strings attached, genuine advice from his dad. I mean, this is what dad's dream, every good dad dreams about this idea to be able to give his son or daughter this elderly experiential advice. (laughs) And here's the question that took his dad back by surprise. He said, dad, what is the best way for me to grow? What's the best way for me to grow? Now, at first, the dad was going to answer it rather quickly. And so um, immediately, he kind of rushes through his mind that he's going to, uh, this is his moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, this happens once a lifetime. For a, and so he, he, he's thinking through it. So he, he thinks through his own personal life. He's like, okay, how have I grown? But then he thinks, he realizes that he's got his own insecurities He's got his own imperfections. And like any good dad, he wants more for his son than what he did for himself. So he doesn't share from personal experience because that, that may not be a good enough answer for this moment. So now, is it as simple as just, you know, son, you just need more passion. If you'd get off the phone... I'll see you guys. It's been good. Was that that good? Was that good? Was that enough today? Son, he's thinking to himself, do I say, you know, son, you just need more work ethic. You just need more drive. But then he realized something that hopefully we all can realize today that work ethic isn't enough and drive isn't enough and passion isn't enough because if we're passionate about things that don't really matter. If we have great work ethic towards something that doesn't really matter, if we have great drive towards something that doesn't really matter, he feared in that moment as a father that he may lead his son passionately down a direction that won't bring his son fulfillment and that won't really help others in the end. I think we all can agree this isn't an easy question, is it? It's quite complicated, but lucky for us today, God has something to say about it in his word. And I wanna help answer this question, how do I grow in what matters most? How do we grow in what matters most? How would you answer that question today if you're a granddad or a father or a friend to help somebody grow in what matters most? Would you turn your Bible to Luke chapter two, verse 52? Luke chapter two, verse 52. And while you're turning there, I want to take a moment and introduce myself. My name is Glenn. I'm one of our pastors here at City Church. And if you are here for the very first time, let me be the first from the stage to say, welcome home. We are so glad that you're with us today. And you might be watching us online. Thank you so much for being with us today. City Church, can we put our hands together and welcome everybody that might be here for the first time or those that are online? Thank you guys so much. It's a big deal that you showed up to church today and I hope you're blessed today. Luke chapter two, verse 52. And the elephant in the room is that we are just a few days away from making a new year and I wanna help you develop a growth plan for 2019 that will bring you fulfillment and ultimately help other people in the process. Are you all with me? I hope you got a City Church Weekly when you walked in today. Uh, There's some announcements of what's coming up at our church. But there's also a connection card that I would love, especially if you're here for the first time, peel that off, fill it out, drop it in one of our connection kiosks on the way out. We would love to follow up with you with some info about our church. But on the back of it today, normally there's nothing there. I'm helping you out today with the five questions that we're going to ask from Scripture on you developing a growth plan in 2019. I hope that you are ready. Luke chapter two, verse 52. Let me give some context here on what's happening. So Luke is the author and he's talking about Jesus. What you need to know that the fun fact of this, of this scripture is that this is the only verse in scripture that talks about how Jesus grew. If you recognize in the gospels, as if you've, when you've read them, Typically, it's about Jesus's birth and all of a sudden he's in ministry at the age of 30. There's a big gap in the middle, right? This is the only verse that specifies what areas Jesus grew in. Now, let me stop for just a second. If you are not a follower of Jesus, all right, I want to be clear, I'm going to teach you some principles today, but you're kind of off the hook today when it comes to whether you want to adopt these principles or not all right? And I'm telling you, they will bless you, but, but you have that option. If you are a follower of Jesus today, if you're like me and you've made a decision to allow Christ into your life, to forgive you of your sins, and you are now following Jesus as a Christian, then we probably should look to the way he grew, amen, and then follow him in the what he grew. And so I think we can learn a lot from this and I think this will really help you. And let me just say a couple other things because we're gonna look at Luke 2.52. I, I, I wanna share with you, it's gonna be more of a teaching today. I'm gonna really help you. Um, this is probably the number one leadership thing I talk about anywhere I go. Um, I, I actually did not wanna share this today. I, want, I was thinking about sharing something different. And most of our staff said, Glenn, we're turning the new year. You need to share this. I had people out in the first, after the first service. They said, a couple years ago, I heard you talk this message, and I still have the notes posted next to my screen on how much that affected me. They said, thank you for sharing this again. So I, really, I want to help you today, and, and I want to take you on a journey on how I would personally and how my wife and I, for the last about five to six years, this is how we set goals in our life. This is, And we think growth first before we think goals, all right? So we're gonna look at these together. Uh, and, and I asked my wife, I said, I said Natalie, what, you know, she was telling me I should talk about this. And I said, well, how has this affected you? She said, this really leaped out in me. She said, I was driving down Interstate 95. She said, I was coming back from Palm Beach Atlantic University. And for the first time, she was coming back as Dr. Wolf. She had spent eight years in school and got her doctorate degree, and she said she was driving back she had a big bouquet of flowers from the family she had the you know you put the little thing in the ribbon or whatever all the goofy looking things you put on when you do that stuff she had it all in the back seat she said the wind was in her hair she was driving down 95 and she she felt this this excitement that she finally hit this goal and then she felt this emptiness cuz she had no idea what to do next she had no idea how to how does she grow Like she, ever since the day, ever since she was 15 years old, she's wanted to be Dr. Wolf. And now that, that literally, it took her almost 13 years or something like that to accomplish all of that. That was such a big goal in her life. What do you do next? And she said, when, when, when we walked through this together, she said, Glenn, that brought so much life into my next steps in, in, in my life. You gotta share it with everybody. So I wanna do that with you today. Or, so you might be like that. Maybe, maybe 2018 was a great year. Or, like most of us, um, we're overwhelmed. Come on, we're overwhelmed. We got so much going on. We have so many distractions. That in Dr. Stephen Covey, he talks about the tyranny of the urgent. And so what happens is that life hits us, and what's urgent ends up being your priority, but it's not really what's most important. And if we don't watch it, if we don't recalibrate, we're going to find ourselves just doing what urgency is around us and never actually making life happen, life is happening to us. And God never called us to live like that. Can I get a good amen? All right, so let's do this together. And I'm going to help you, and we're going to interact together with this. We're asking these five questions, and I don't care. You can jump ahead, you can fill out some stuff, whatever you want to do, but I want to help you walk through this together. And the scripture says, And Jesus grew. Everybody say, Grew. I want to be clear today God wants you to grow. Every person in here, God has called you to grow. All throughout scripture, you will see metaphors of God taking his people on journeys. Paul talks often about people running a race. They're going somewhere, right? In the the Old Testament, you'll hear this kind of word pilgrimage, that we're pilgrims, that God didn't just save his people to become his people, but he's bringing them out of something into something else. We're always going to something else else. I just want to be clear. I'm assuming everybody here, I mean, it's Sunday. Uh, You showed up to church today. Clearly, you have a passion to grow already. Um, Hopefully, you you weren't drugged here. And if you were, um, I'm glad you came. (laughs) I am. I'm just really glad. I don't care how they dragged you in. I'm glad you're here. But you probably already have a passion to grow. But I just, I want to be clear that God wants you to grow. Not growing is not an option. And the truth is, you are growing whether you realize it or not, right? We're growing in debt. We're growing in weight. We're growing in hair loss. We're... Come on. You're growing. We just need to grow in the right things, which gets me to my next point. God doesn't want you just to grow. God wants you to grow right. Right? So as Christ followers, we got a one-up on culture because culture tells you you just need a bigger car, you just need a bigger house, you need a different wife, whatever the thing might be, but scripture actually will provide you with something that's gonna actually, get this, bring fulfillment to your, are you ready for this? Your soul. Yes. I'm serious. What I wanna talk about today will help your soul. All right, so here's the first thing he did. You guys could, could come up here and preach this, it's easy. How am I going, here's the first question, how am I gonna grow my mind? Ask yourself that question. How am I gonna grow my mind? Jesus grew in wisdom. He grew in wisdom. How are you gonna grow in wisdom this year? What are you gonna do? And let me me give you a a word of advice. Um, Goals are great, habits are better. Goals are great, habits are better. So instead of saying, I'm gonna read 12 books this year, I'm gonna read a book a month, how about we pull out our phones and say, in the mornings, I'm gonna, every morning, I'm gonna read for 15 minutes a day. I'm gonna do that habit, and that habit will produce the, the goal. Right. So, I, so how are you gonna grow your mind this, this year? What are you gonna do differently in 2019 that you didn't do in 2018? Let me ask you some other questions. It's pretty simple, right? Um, what habits should you start? What habits should you stop? Uh, one of my friends, like I said, I've been teaching this for a while. One of my friends, he actually is in the service right now, but I won't point at him because I don't want to embarrass him. But he, he, off of this question, he came up with this rule. He said, I'm allowed to watch TV but I can't watch TV until I read for 20 minutes. Amen. So he, he, loves, he, he loves Netflix, let's be real, right? I mean, like, he loves to binge watch, and there's nothing wrong with binge watching at, at, at a point, right? But not, not if that replaces all of my opportunity to grow. So he just said, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reward myself, and i want gonna give you a book, a uh, book, um, Right now, all of my books are sitting in boxes because our church currently doesn't have any offices as we're paving way. So I was gonna pull out a bunch of books and maybe later I'll post it on social media, but I just wanna give you one. It's by Charles Duhigg. It's called The Power of Habit. It's called The Power of Habit. And as you're thinking through habits, it's a secular book. It's not a spiritual book, it's not, but it will, it will help you. And I'm telling you, you take that book and you overlay spiritual principles and it is a powerhouse in your life. But he talks about the power of habit in your life. And I'll just say one other thing, and these could have been their own sermons. Um, There's a a principle called the keystone habit, and I do want you to even take a note, this is off your notes, but um, it's, and you answer this question. What is the habit that triggers all the other habits? That's a great question to ask. So if you're in debt today, and that's a habit of debt, What is the habit that triggers all the rest of those habits? Uh, Somebody once said, their health and their, their whole life is dependent on this keystone habit for them is they make the bed every morning. That when they make the bed, something happens in them that just triggers the rest of their habits. I don't know about you guys, but if I wake up early and work out, I eat healthy the rest of the day, right? I don't know if that's you, but that would be for me. Like, I, I wanna honor what I did when I worked out, right? So that would be a keystone habit. If I work out, other habits happen. That's a great thought to think through in your life as you're growing together. All right, so how can I grow my mind? Let me also just say this, okay? Um, I'm, I'm a year and a half away from, from getting my doctorate, and I only say that not, to, not that anybody needs to know. I say that because the reason why I got a doctorate is because of this question. I'm telling you, if you ask my friends that if I, that I grew up with, that I would even have a bachelor's degree. I just had to, I mean, I knew my wife was gonna be really smart, and like get a doctorate and stuff. I knew there was no way I was doing that, right? And all of a sudden, I I, I literally, I've started this six years ago. I said, how am I gonna grow my mind this year? Some things lined up, all of a sudden I'm getting a master's degree. A year and a half later, I got a master's degree. I'm asking this question again, had some conversations with some people, all of a sudden we came back at it, now I'm getting my doctorate. And let me be clear, growing your mind does not equal academic education, by the way. And like I am in school, I don't think everybody should go to school, and I don't think school makes you any better or worse, all right? So now if God's calling you to do it, you need to do it. All right, like I, I literally feel like I'm in sin if I don't do this, like, like that's how I feel. I feel like it's something that God's calling me to do and I would never, I'm not gonna put that on my kids. I'm not gonna force my kids to get a doctor. Like that's not, that's not it, I'm just, I'm asking this, that's all I'm, all I'm saying is that if you get honest with God and ask these questions, you might find yourself on a journey, you might end up with a tech degree that you never thought you would get. You might end up learning how to sing better than you ever thought because you wanted to grow your mind. I don't know, like it, it's, a, it's a fun question to ask. So listen, academic education is optional. Growth and growing your mind is not. Good? All right. Number two, Jesus grew in wisdom and then he grew in stature. He grew physically. So let's ask the question, how am I going to grow physically? How am I going to grow physically? Let's take that goal. Let's put it into a habit. So a couple years ago, I, uh, I, I, I made a target goal, weight. I was always trying to gain weight, which is impossible. I've looked the same since I was about 14. <laughs> and, uh, and so I decided to stop doing that, and I turned that goal into a pattern, into a habit. So I tried to work out four days a week. And every year, I've just tried to eliminate something. So I'm not the most healthy person. If we go out, I may get fried chicken, I don't know. Um, but there, there are times I'm wrestling through this right now. Like I might do only fried foods once a week, right? If Michael Allwood and I ever go out, we eat terrible every time. I don't know what the deal is. We just like, there's, so, so one of my goals is I can't eat with Michael Allwood. <laughs> I can't right? We can't eat together, man. We can hang out afterwards, which he's coming over for a New Year's party, so I don't even know. We're going we're to eat terrible that night. I don't even care. No judgment. No judgment. All right, so how, how am I going to grow physically? Uh, you know, so think about a habit, right? So maybe uh, you're going to get a gym membership. That happens a lot, but, but the gym membership is one thing. It's the habit of, of just staying in it, man, staying stay with it. Do, do that thing. Uh, may, maybe if you drink a lot of sugar right now, limit it to one a day, Right? I mean, just, you know, limit it. Say, I'm going to have one Coke at lunch, or I'm going to have a sweet tea at lunch, and that's it. And maybe, I I don't know what it might be, but I want you to ask the question, how am I going to grow physically? You may not think this is spiritual, but I'm going to show you at the end it is. All of this is spiritual. And that's why I'm talking about it. Number three, how am I going to grow in my relationship with God? So Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and then he grew in favor with God. What are you going to do differently spiritually this year That you didn't do last year? Or is 2019 going to be a repeat of 2018? Are you going to be any closer to Jesus by the end of next year as you are this year? I hope we are, but can I tell you that doesn't happen by accident. That happens with intentionality. It happens with us coming together saying, hey, all right, we're going to do this. This happens with you getting along with your spouse or by yourself and just saying, hey, how are we going to grow with God this year? So Let me give you some some suggestions. Um, Go to church. Like on a regular basis, go to church. Uh, make a decision not to come once a month. Make a decision to come every week. Uh, it's important. Show up early. This is spiritual. That's right. It's a spiritual place. Show up ready. Don't go to bed at three thirty in the morning. You know you're watching what's that a bird show? What's it called? What's it? Bird bird what? Bird box. Don't be watching bird box. Don't put bird box on at eleven forty five at night. And expect to connect with God at nine thirty in the morning. Come on. Get off Get off the social media stuff. I, get this, man. Like, put the phone away at night. Let the. You were back in the? Oh man, I can't. I can't go there. I can't. I gotta stay focused. I got to get on my notes or else I'm just going to go crazy. Okay, let me, let me, here's some spiritual things you can do. Um, let me ask you a question. Do you have a weekly Sabbath? If, if, you, if you work Monday through Friday, Sunday should be your Sabbath, probably, right? But this should be a day that you, and I, I did a message on this a while back. You can check it out on YouTube. I had somebody last week ask me, hey, how do I have a Sabbath? I said, check out that YouTube video. But it's a day for us to rest, re, re, recreate, and reconnect with God. Like that, That's what it is. It should be something that we enjoy. It should be something that we love. But you have a weekly Sabbath where you're disconnecting. You're not working. Um, some things that I'm doing personally. So one of my goals for 2019, when it comes to my, my, my walk with God, I know this is weird, but I'm, I'm hoping to buy a piano for my house. That may sound really simple and silly, and you're like, wow, that's a spiritual goal. It's actually really spiritual for me. What you don't know is that I've played piano since I was about six years old. Uh, When I gave my life to Jesus, I would get alone with the piano and I would spend hours alone with him, nobody listening, nobody around, and I'd be singing songs to God. And when we got kids, I lost a piano. (laughs) That's what happened. Uh, They're a lot more expensive than a piano. Uh, But now... But now my wife and I, we're we're trying to figure that out again. Even my wife actually sings, like we could even worship God together. So that's a, I know that sounds very simple, but that's a really practical step for me, that if I got that piano, I know that I would play it and I know I would spend time with Jesus that I may not, honestly, if I didn't have it. Now I'm I'm not saying, and listen, I'm not making an ultimatum with God. God, if you don't give me a piano, I'm not spending time with you. You know, like that's silly, right? But obviously like that, that would be a step for me. And I don't know where your place is. Right? So do you have a place with God? Have you set an appointment? You don't, you don't miss other appointments. You set an appointment with your boss, you ain't showing up late. But then the ultimate boss, you know, he can, we can put him on snooze. All right, let me give you some other ones. Um, we have a resource site that we're committed to growing in 2019. And I just at citychurchfl.org slash resources. I want to encourage you as you hit 2019. Our pastor actually wanted me to share this. Uh, we, we would love for you to join your church in a one-year reading plan. We're going to start from Genesis. We're going to go to Revelation. We're going to do it together. You can find that reading plan at citychurchfl.org slash resources. Set an appointment with God and spend time in his word. Ephesians 5 says that he washes you with his word. Did you know that? I was, as a youth pastor, you know, I would have students and they're like, Pastor Glenn, come on, man. I'm reading like the middle of Ezekiel. I don't know what's going on. Like, why do you know whatever? And I keep telling them, I said, listen, keep reading. It's washing you. Even if you don't understand it, it's washing you. It's, wa- it's, wa- it's cleaning your heart it's cleaning your soul. It's way more powerful than you could ever give it credit for. Second thing we're doing in January is we're going to do a seven-day fast. And if you have never fasted in your life, join your church in doing that this year. We're going to do it for seven days. Every night of the week, we're going to have prayer on our campus, and we want you to come to that. Make, your little, like, make some notes. You can check it out at citychurchfl.org slash seven days. We have fasting guides out in the lobby that you can get. You can also get this digital, because I don't know about you guys, but it probably won't make it to the car, all right? So you can get that digital. We'll have, this is what the website looks like, but you can download the fasting guide. You can download the menu. There's the reading plan that we were talking about. There's some, if you're gonna do the Daniel fast, uh, there's some recipes that you can do there. And we're gonna, I don't know about you guys, but I know for me, I need to get out of the holiday funk. You know what I'm saying? Just just spiritually, just kind of give ourselves a gut check. I wanna encourage you. If you've never fasted ever, let this be the first year that you do it. Let, do it. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, it'll grow you. And let me just say something else. I want to challenge you in 2019 to fast when your leadership has never told you to. You want to grow in God? Don't let your spouse know. Don't let your kids know. Don't post it on Facebook. Man, suffering for Jesus. What are you guys eating for lunch because I ain't eating, I'm serving God, I got my food is to do the will of the Father you' like <laughs> right but but listen I'm, I'm telling you, you want like you want to make this thing personal? like join our church for sure, but maybe the third Thursday of the month, no one else knows, but you and God you you take a day and you fast That's right. maybe it's the fourth Sunday of the month and and God and, Jesus talks about it in his gospels. He shares that what you do in the secret place, there's something special. Do you have a secret place? I mean, like, listen, this is fun. Like, like these questions are fun, all right? So uh, there's some there. Let me go to number four. How am I gonna grow in my relationship with others? Husbands, how are you gonna be a better husband in 2019 than you were in 2018? Get better, she deserves it. She deserves a better version of you. Wives, how are you gonna be a better wife in 2019 than you were in 2018? Sons, daughters, uncles, grandparents, like think through that. How are you gonna grow in your relationship with others? Let's get better, let's grow. Come on, man, God wants us to grow. God wants us to grow. Right, let me ask, I just felt this as I was praying for you. Um, Who do you need to forgive this year? Before you enter into the new year, who do you need to let go of that has just kind of chained you with unforgiveness? Come on, on, get that stuff right. It's too important. You're too important. Your soul's too important. Don't let that hang you up. It trips you up, man. It's not not healthy for you and you were never designed to hold on to that. Let me give you a habit that would really help. Join a small group. And if you don't find one that you like, start one because I think you probably like yourself. (laughs) So you might like the one you start more than you'll like the one that somebody else starts. But you can do it. And I wanna challenge some leaders in the room. On 2018, you never started a group and you know you should have. Do it. Do it this year, start a semester. And so these questions, um, my wife and I, we actually don't do this in December, we do it in October. Uh, We get away for a little bit and I've talked about that before. we already know what small groups we're doing next year because if I don't watch it, life's going to happen to me and I'm going to end up in a small group that I didn't need to end up in because that wasn't intentional on my part. So one of the things we're going to do in January, we're going to have a parenting small group that we're going to lead. Can I tell you why? Because I don't have a clue what in the world I'm doing. <laughs> so I got a five-year-old and a three-year-old and I'm ready to chuck them out in the river somewhere. So I figured that I'm not the only one that's crazy in the room. We might as well get together. And at, at worst, maybe we won't open the Bible, but we least at least talk how terrible our kids are. <laughs> so, joking. I'm joking. Joking. Your kids are probably great. I'll just talk about mine. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> just playing. No, but, but, but in all seriousness, let me tell you, even if our church did not do small groups, I would. My wife and I would. Let me tell you why. Because I need you. God never designed me to do this thing alone. Like like I, as a human being that has been saved by Jesus, that is still wrestling with his own sin and his imperfections, I need other Christians around me to help me. So there's something that I need from you and there's also something that God's designed me to give to you. And the exact same thing is true for you. And some of you, man, you don't like the idea of small groups and all that stuff. Can I tell you, maybe it's not about you. Maybe someone else needs you in that group because you have some wisdom to give because you, man, there are some people you have, you're an empty nester and you raise some great kids. Can I tell you, like, we'd love some help. Come on, all the young families in the room. Help and money would be great. Come on, everybody. Like, Come on, man, help us, right? Let's get this thing together. We're, we are better together. We are better together. How are you going to grow in your relationship with others? You can Fill that in however much you want. If you don't have a date night with your spouse, get a date night. Oh, awesome. Commit to it. It's important. God gave you your spouse, man. Love your spouse. Yesterday was my wife's birthday, and she probably will tell this story differently than me. So <laughs> she's not here, so I'm going to tell it my way. <laughs> um, but my wife, uh, so we went shopping yesterday, and I did my best to like stay in every store Committed. I got to tell you, I was so exhausted. I'm like, I'm like, oh, green. Oh my gosh, that could go with these shoes. And then like the, oh, you know that jean jacket you got, girl? Oh, we got to bust it all out. It'd be crazy. And she, she probably is going to say, no, he kept, he kept wandering off, but I felt like I was there. I really, I really tried. I'm like, this is her birthday. I'm like, man, I'm just going to be in this thing. Like, I'm not going to get on my phone. Like, man, we're just going to go find that dress. It's going to be awesome. I'm like, how much is it? (laughs) Oh, that's it? Oh, that's not bad. We may not be able to pay the mortgage, but you know, I mean, I love you so much, you know. And then what's terrible is that I don't know about you guys, but everything she picks out, this is bad. I'm like, you have one of those. <laughs> I've seen that and I could pull it out. I could, if, if we purchased this, I would take this home, pull out the thing in the closet. They would look exactly the same. All right. That was for me. Thank you. I feel better. <laughs> I, I genuinely feel better. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Number five. All right. So um, now this number five, I added in there. Uh, and it's this. How am I going to grow in my finances? And I'll explain why this is so important. Matthew 6, here's what Matthew 6 says. It says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What I want to tell you is that your, your financial life is deeply spiritual. It's way more spiritual than you think. Like every one of these areas is way more spiritual than you think where your treasure is, there your heart is also. If your treasure is going to debtors and going to everything else, and it's not, it's not, you know, it's not, we're not returning our tithe, we're giving, returning that to God because our treasure, our heart goes there. We're not giving, we're not, we're not in a financial position to be a blessing. Um, it's it's going to throw you out of balance. Now listen, I'm not, there's no condemnation. Like, I, I don't get that. But we need to have a plan on how we're going to grow in our finances. Amen. Can I tell you, prayer is good. Amen. Money is also good. Amen. And what I mean by that is, is there a college student in the room? Where? Right here. All right. Can you stand up? What's your name? Danny? Danny? Cool. Where are you going to school? UCF. Cool. Where are, you, where are you doing it in? Uh, hospitality management. Sweet. All right. Thank you, Danny. You did so good. You look great, buddy. Good job. <laughs> Thanks for coming to church today. So Danny goes to UCF. Can I tell you? I could come over and give you a prayer, and that's awesome. And don't get me wrong; I'm not knocking a prayer. But Danny, if I if I had the ability to pay for your college, would that be cool? And then and then the reason why is just because God's been generous to me. Both are good. I'm, what I'm saying is that that's spiritual too. Like, it's, at some point, guys, I, I don't I don't think we're just trying to like fill this room, right? We're trying to win a city, and that's that's like. Do we think it's just gonna happen by different pieces? It's radical generosity, it's radical prayer, it's devotion that we've never seen before. It's you at another level that's supernatural, filled with the Holy Spirit, doing what you've never done, getting outside of our walls. It's all of it, right? It's, it's just, it is important to you. And I hope, I hope you see your money as mission and not just as protection, I hope, I hope we see it that way. And, and listen, all I'm saying is that these questions can rise some of that stuff up. Like, like, I hope that this is something that you could go to later in your life and help as you're figuring out what to grow in that matters most. If you are struggling financially, I want to encourage you, or if you don't feel like you have a handle on your finances, uh, we have a thing called Financial Peace University. And there have been hundreds of people that have done it in our church at this point, but all Financial Peace University is, is it's a small group of 12, 13 weeks. And you know what you do? You break old habits and you replace them with new habits. That's it. Right. There's nothing more to it. That, that, that is what happens. And it is so, so, so important. Now, let me, let me conclude with this. I want to show you this diagram. Here are the five things that we talked about today. And I, I wanted to show you this diagram in more of a holistic way. Because what I want you to recognize, so, so Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God, favor with man, and then I added this financial piece. all right? I've heard, I've, listen, I didn't come up with this. I heard this from somebody else. I stole it from them. They stole it from somebody else. They stole it from somebody else. Maybe one of you guys came up with it. I don't know. But he, he talked that these are the five gauges of life, that when these are healthy, you're healthy. And when these are healthy, your soul is healthy, right? And think about it isn't, it, isn't it true? If one of these gets out of whack, it really can kind of throw you off, can it? Or if one of these outweighs the rest of them, it, that can also kind of throw you off. If you're super spiritual and you know how to spend a lot of time with God, but you don't know how to love your neighbor, I, you know, Paul actually addressed that. He said, you're a resounding gong. You're, a, you're an annoying symbol. If you know how to speak in tongues, but you don't know how to love your brother, you don't know, you don't know how to be a good son or a good dad or a good husband or spouse, and you think you've arrived, mm. wow. No wonder nobody wants to come to your church or join your small group. Because you're too self-righteous to even see that you need to grow, right, okay. All right, so. <laughs> But I, I could go around the line, and, and this really hit me, because you may be like, okay, joining a gym membership is, is spiritual? Like, Glenn, give me a break, come on, man. Like really, if I start drinking water instead of Coke, like all of a sudden I'm closer? Yes! Let me prove it to you. Hit me so hard, a young leader, really wanting to grow in my, my walk with God, my leadership, et cetera. And I listened to a prominent pastor share about this. He said, as he walked through these questions, There was something that hit him so hard. He said he was doing okay with his relationship with God. He felt like his relationship with others was okay. Uh, Financially, he was doing fine. Um, He was growing, you know, he was, obviously he's he's having to speak every week, so that forces you to have to grow. Like, you gotta have something to say. He said, but what he found was actually the key to the rest of them was physical. He said, here's what would happen. He said, I'd wake up early. He said, I would go to work and my employees and my church staff would get the best of me. He said, by the time 4.30 hit, I'd get home at five, and my son needed my energy, and I had none to give. He realized that actually, his relational issue was a physical problem. So he started getting, started eating better, he started having more energy, and he found himself able to give more to those that are around him. Listen, this is why I, personally try to work out and eat healthy because I want to have energy. I want to proclaim the gospel with boldness. I don't want to be up here tired and sluggish and I can't get around. And you may say, oh yeah, well, you're super skinny. It's easy for you. And yes, that's probably true. There are some genetics, but I read an article about skinny fat. All right. I did. And it was on Google. It's got to be true. But I can feel it, like for me, I'm not working out to get, you know, like ripped or whatever. (laughs) So that's an endless pursuit. (laughs) I'm getting fit because I wanna serve you well. I'm getting fit because when I go on a date night with my wife, I wanna be there and not be half tired. I wanna be fit because when you really need me in the hospital room and I come in there, I've got some energy to give. That just doesn't happen by accident. It's important. All of this works together. And this is the point, because we live in a Western society, we compartmentalize everything, and I did it to teach this today, but what I want you to know is that all of these are interconnected. They all work together. And this is the Hebrew idea of life. When you look at scripture, they don't separate, they don't dichotomize or trichotomize Departments. It's all, this is all of your life and we surrender it to God and we offer it to him. So what I'm saying is this may have been really practical today. It's way more spiritual than you think. And, they, and you do these things together and you're gonna see yourself fulfilled. And guess this, get this. Your soul will be healthy. Your soul will be healthy. You'll be at a place of rest. God wants to bring you to a place of rest. Every single night, I get to pray my son to sleep. What am I talking about? He never goes to bed, I feel like. But I do pray with him to try and get him to sleep. And every night, if I brought him up here, he probably could quote it. I'd say, God, I pray that you bless Ethan. I pray that you make him a leader of leaders, and I pray that you make him a follower of you first. Because I don't want him leading people away from Jesus. I said, I want him to grow in wisdom and stature, and favor with God, and favor with man. Amen. I want the same for you. I want the same for your family. I want the same for your spouse. I want the same for your kids. Let's make 2019 a year of growth. We can do it together. Would you stand?